we have a special guest today, guys. You may have seen her in British Vogue, Days Magazine, W Magazine, or Vogue Singapore. Please welcome to the show, JJ. That is quite an introduction. Yeah, I've you never know had anybody just list off I got, accolades. I, listen, I gotta give it to you because I'm over here like, all right, all right, sis, I see you. <laughs> Yeah, my proudest moment. <laughs> you know, that, that's amazing, though. That's dope. But for those who don't know you, you tell them a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. So, I'm JJ. I am South Sudanese by heritage, but I have lived in London more or less my whole life. Um, I'm a model and an artist, though nobody sees much of the art because <laughs> the modeling has taken over. Um, yeah, that's me. And you said uh, you're an artist. Like, uh, what what is it that you do? What kind of art? So I'm an animator, an illustrator, oh. and I'm a portrait artist. Wow. See, I was jumping to music and like, you know. Like, no, everybody awesome. assumes that. Right. Like, for some reason, maybe it's the way I dress or the way no, I carry No, you, you do got People it. assume yeah. I can do music and I'm like, I can't, no. I was definitely Awful expecting singing voice. that. That's awesome. How did you? I'll go crazy on karaoke. <laughs> so no, no singing abilities? None. Okay. Absolutely okay. none. But okay. I'll sing like I'm Whitney for no reason. <laughs> How did you um, get into modeling? So I got discovered by my first agent on Instagram. Okay. I was still in uni, so I was a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really interested in taking it too seriously because I was still focused on school and stuff like that. And also just I had so many insecurities that I couldn't really let myself go and dive into Mm. it wholeheartedly. Right. Um, My agent, Troy, found me on Instagram and when I had like 200 followers and... Wow put me up for some jobs. I did like my first magazines. I did a Skepta music video, which is like a big deal for a London mm-hmm. Um And then after a while of sort of lazily working for him, he realized that a bigger agency could do so much more for me. Wow. So he connected me to Wilhelmina, which is my current agency. Light flex, you know, something like. Yeah. So, and it's like a really big deal. It's a huge Absolutely. Yes. They are so good when it comes to plus size and people of color representation. That's awesome. That's good to hear. So, yeah, uh, literally in July of 2020, he connected me to Wilhelmina and the wow. same day I signed my contract, they booked me for British Vogue. So you said his name is Troy? Yeah. Shout out to Troy. Troy, if you'll ever know. <laughs> Troy's amazing. Wow. So this happened literally a couple of months ago. <laughs> Yeah, like everything like you just listed off, I shot in the last few Wow. You know, people like kind of go for years trying to do these things. Mm. So that's dope. And you had never, um, growing up, it was never thought like I would model one day. Like that was. I didn't think I could. I didn't think Mm. it would be possible. There are South Sydney's models from before me. Like dark skin was sort of becoming a thing in the industry. Right. right. Um, but plus size and dark skin, mm-hmm. I didn't think the two would be allowed to exist. Mm. And not in this judgmental industry. I figured if you were plus size, you had to be light skinned and like and like thick in the per- right. idealized not the, right. Where you still have like a tiny waist despite being curvy. Right, right. I and I'm not that. I got belly. Um, <laughs> Listen, I and got then, belly too. So. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I just didn't think the industry was going to be as inclusive as it is becoming mm-hmm. now. So I just didn't think it was a possibility. So I never put it in my mind. Also, I thought I was ugly. Wow, really? Life. Yeah, I was convinced. Up until I was about 19, I was convinced I was ugly. So was it um, just you thinking that or? Um... Well, no, enough of the world had told me that. Okay, okay. And I internalized mm. it. Yeah. 
Okay. I think also I'm like really tall and I'm dark skinned and I was quite big and I was a sporty kid. I mm-hmm. had like elder brothers and stuff like that. I was a bit of a tomboy. People just associated me so heavily with my more masculine elements. Right, right. And then would like basically compare me to a man or call me ugly and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It took a long time to realize that one, yeah, I do have a masculine side to me, but none of that takes away from my femininity. And two, I'm still stunning. Listen. <laughs> like, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. But it took the world a little at, bit of time to catch up At to that. what age do you... Let's just dive into just growing up. So at what age did you start feeling like I'm beautiful and, like, everything light? At what age did this happen for you? 19. Wow. And how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? 24. Wow. And how does... Yeah. So how does, like, what age are you done high school in uh, UK? So we have secondary school, which starts from about 12 all the way up until 16. Okay. And then after 16, there's like two more years that we call sixth form. And which is what? Well, it's like, it's like a precursor to college. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So throughout all of six, six through, you said. Yeah. So from secondary, yeah, the whole way through secondary school and, and sixth form. Okay. Um, I thought I was like the ugliest thing on her. Did you um, face bullying or anything like that? Or just like. I did when I was younger than that. See, around 12, I got a bit bigger and uh, it was kind of harder to bully me. (laughs) Um, But like before that, I got bullied a lot. Like I heard some pretty disgusting things come out of children. All of my bullying and all of my Mm -hmm. insults are kind of based in how dark skinned I am. Yeah, I was going to ask you what was it based on? Yeah. Yeah, very I didn't that. know. I think in the how London in is. the UK we have a lot of people think that in the UK our racism problem isn't as bad as countries like America. Right. I think ours is more covert. Mm. People say it less overtly. Right. However, in the lot up until the last couple of years, our black communities had a lot of internalized racism that meant our colorism issue was totally out of control. Mm. Like, it was pretty severe. Any of our social media, most of our celebrities, these are things that people said openly and then there was never any backlash. Nobody ever criticized right. it. Because Especially if it came from another person of color, it just didn't matter. You could make jokes about somebody being dark-skinned and be horrible to them because they're dark-skinned. And nobody would bat an eyelid at it. Wow. Up until, like, literally the last few years. <laughs> there was a big transformation. And now it's kind of, like, not accepted as much. Well, yeah, because I think for one, we had a bit of that pro-black movement yes. that was happening in the right. States come over to the mm-hmm. UK and it changed people's perspectives. People started using the melanin hashtags and more. My DM started to get real full because <laughs> like all the little dudes who was mean to me the whole way through school mm. and stuff, mm. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's like in my comment sections on my photos like queen that's Nubian <laughs> goddess all that and I'm like okay I remember this, you this you're right, right that is crazy wow yeah I, I won't lie like I know um it's kind of yeah like like you mentioned like in like we I would say I wouldn't say I won't speak for every American but I know that if we're talking about let's say like black issues I know it does get like kind of like oh they probably don't go through that in the UK like they do in the US or in Canada like I don't think black people go through it as much I think like America gets it the worst I know that's definitely the viewpoint mostly from most people for sure 
I know I know the reasons behind that because for one, like we, our police brutality issue was rampant. It's terrible, but our police don't have right. guns. So <laughs> that nine helps. times out of ten, we don't come out of it dead. <laughs> yeah, helps. it ends up being that. But this is the thing: we have issues where they tase children from about the age of nine. In this you said country, tase, and you are more like wow. Yeah, like they use tasers on children from about the age of nine in this country, and you are like three times more likely to get tased if you're a child person of color. Wow. And we only make up, in the UK, only 5% of the population is black. It's like half of America's percentage. Really? Wow. Yeah. We're, we're such a small portion of our population here that we don't even get the attention to cover mm-hmm. our issues. People don't talk about yeah. us. We don't have the representation. We I found that recently that in the UK, we only have 11 predominantly uh, eleven TV shows in the history of UK broadcasting Better. that have a predominantly black cast. Wow. Like literally, like so. Growing up, you did not have how we had um the Cosby Show, Martin, Fresh Prince. No, I did get to see all of that right, stuff okay. because it still aired okay. here. We had channels. We still have BET. Okay, gotcha. Okay, BET used to run all the black shows, and we had a network called Trouble, which would run shows like One on One, Eve. Girlfriend, so that was like that. Moesha. our UPN, like that's what we called UPN um, over here. Okay. Yeah, so we had all of those shows cross come over. They didn't really have much of an audience amongst the non people of color in our commu- in our country, <laughs> but like black people watched those heavy. I was really into my wife and kids. So now, na- what what is like a popular? Is there a black show now, like a predominantly black show in UK? Um, Michaela Cole seems to be the only one making shows starring black people and I wouldn't even say her cast are predominantly black she'll have black people because she won't be the token but there's still like a heavy mm-hmm. mix I don't think we have a predominantly black show right now I think it's this album might be having something is that is up. the Michaela show scripted yeah. or is it reality it's okay. scripted okay. I don't really think black people in the UK should go on reality TV I don't understand why any of us do that mm, why, why do you say that so like Love Island mm-hmm. for example. which is really massive over there mm-hmm. yeah it's huge it was like our biggest reality tv show every time a dark-skinned mm. person goes on it man, man mm-hmm. or woman they get they get treated by the other cast members like there's nothing no and they about. feel that way too it right. doesn't matter yeah and this, you see them breaking down on the show there was one girl called samira who literally had a breakdown on the show because she was feeling so unattractive because nobody liked her and i'm like sweetie the producers don't care about you so they will never hire other castmates who would right, find you attractive right. because they want to hire the kind of castmates that are going to find the people they're focused on attractive and secondly nobody who's like surrounding you nobody in the audience is going to understand mm-hmm. your plight because they're not going to find you right. attractive either. This is not a show for us, not a platform for us. And the people who create the show don't care about us. And they want us to come on there because we have the people they, from our community that, that goes mm-hmm. on these shows have large followings. Or um, they think will cause a decent amount of drama so they right. want them to be right. involved. But they don't want to give them the kind of shine that would allow them to like feel sexy and then also come out of the show and land in opportunities because the people in who go on Love Island mm-hmm. over here they then do lines with pretty little thing and boohoo right. and they drop makeup lines and <laughs> clothing lines and all that stuff the people of color who go on that show don't get those opportunities because they don't get the right, right. kind of shine right. on the show I know um and so it just ends up being like up. we have um we have Love Island here now 
And I remember, yeah, oh. we actually have it here. And I think it's only been two seasons. And the past season, um, this past season that just finished, I want to say end of last year or end of 20, yeah, 2020, um, a black couple won. So, yeah, oh, it was I like a big that. deal because they were saying that's the first black couple in Love Island history. And I'm like, it's like it's six true, seasons yeah. in UK. So I was like really shocked about that. Like, wow. And I've seen... Our last season, a black a woman of color did win. She's right, mixed right. racer. So, uh, and she had uh, a white yes, partner. I've seen that. So I'm like, and I and I've watched a couple seasons recently, recently of the UK, and I'm like, everyone is like beautiful. So I'm confused as to why the black women aren't getting love. And I'm like, they're all beautiful. Like I'm, I'm. It's crazy to me. I I don't think the UK. You can kind of see it in this Meghan and Harry situation. People in the UK are not equipped to talk about race in a serious level. They don't even consider themselves racist. That, yeah. Yeah. Like, even, like, with the situation with, like, somebody in the royal family asking about the color mm-hmm. of Meghan's baby. They, like, the rhetoric here was, is that even a racist right. question to ask? And we're at that level where we're like, is this really a race thing, mm. though? And, like, we're very good at sweeping mm-hmm. things under the rug. And because we don't have a lot of platforms, we don't have a lot of representations, we don't have a particular right. voice in this country, we don't get to talk about our issues. And so people just dismiss us and gaslight us and pretend that it's a non-factor. Yeah. Despite all of the ways that they perform racism day yeah. to day anyway. Yeah. So it's, like, super annoying. It's like really now, let me ask you something. Uh Growing up, um, I know you're... Is this after Sudanese? Is that what you guys say uh, when you're from South... Okay. So yeah. growing up, did you grow up with other people of that background from South Sudan or...? Yeah. So the area I live in in London has a lot of South mm-hmm. Sudanese people in it. And we always... We're quite a tight-knit community. All of our parents okay. were friends mm-hmm. growing up. So we'd end up going to each other's houses and we'd have like South Sudanese parties and get-togethers. We'd have like Christmas parties every mm-hmm. year back in the day. So we had like I was that, surrounded yeah, by awesome. Sassanese people. Um, so you grew up within that culture, like um, did I? Yeah, I, I did. know. Uh, you said your parents speak Arabic. What was the other language they speak? Okay, Dinka. and do they speak that with you, or um, did they speak predominantly English growing up with you? So, growing up, they actually spoke spoke predominantly English because they didn't want our English to be bad or for us to have accents mm-hmm. and stuff like that because they thought it would make our lives more difficult. They wanted us to have a strong reading right. level and all of that stuff. And like, but um, at some point in my childhood, they started talking to me mm-hmm. more in Dinka. But what that meant was I didn't have the strongest capacity to reply, even if I understood right. what they were saying. So it's more like I could understand them speaking Dinka, but I couldn't really speak right. back to them. Which is like most... um most children of immigrant parents who kind of like when the parents don't speak as much as the language and they choose to speak English and then like later on it's like they understand everything but they cannot reply for some reason or sometimes you're kind of like scared to reply because you know you're going to say it wrong and you don't even want to be embarrassed about it. That's definitely a factor because I can't roll my R's and we do that in my language a lot I get insulted (laughs) so much when I try and speak so frustrating (laughs) Um, as far as the Arabic goes, because before South Sudan mm-hmm. was its own country, it was just Sudan. North Sudan is predominantly Arab. And so Arabic was sort of the language that everybody spoke to communicate with each other because every child right. had a different language or a different dialect and stuff like that. Up to like 64 known languages, wow. Wow. I believe. So 
um, my parents grew up speaking Arabic fluently. They talked to each mm-hmm. other a lot in Arabic. And um, I think my parents are most comfortable writing in Arabic oh, okay. and stuff like that. But I never learned to speak it mm-hmm. that well at all. I, I can count real <laughs> high in Arabic. I got enough to go into I mean, a shop uh, no. or a restaurant. Right. And then bounce. Yeah, that's oh. it. But I can't have a full-blown conversation. Now, have you been to um, South Sudan? Okay. Yeah. When's the last time you've been? About two, three and years ago. How, what, when's the first time you've been? So that was okay. the first okay. time I've been because South Sudan is right. a nine-year-old country. Very young. So previous to the split, it was just going to Khartoum because South Sudan was mm-hmm. like riddled with war and conflict and it was difficult to even get right. to. We didn't have an airport. <laughs> so I would travel to, I've been to North Sudan quite a few times in my childhood. My dad was mm-hmm. living there. Is North there, Sudan think, just Sudan? My okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just okay. Sudan. Um, and then about three years ago, my parents uh, wanted me to go and see South Sudan. I wanted to see it as well. So I went and there for a that? few months. And how was that? That's awesome. It was amazing. I have, I think I'm, I have the coolest culture that? in the world. It's such a, for one, it's a re- reverse on our beauty mm. ideals. I, in South Sudan, the standard for beauty is to, for a woman to be really dark, really tall. That's, um, and that's to dance dope. Well. So you, you check all three. <laughs> oh, I can't dance. But <laughs> I can do a couple of our cultural moves and they get so impressed <laughs> when I do it. When I was out there, I was getting like marriage what? proposals left and right. Yeah, people propose <laughs> quick. We don't really need, they, they don't even necessarily talk to me. They chat to my parents sometimes and then they come to, my parents will come to me and be like, that man over there asked if he could so uh, I, marry you. And I just I be like, I think what? I was reading that. Um, um, did you get, did your dad get offered some cattle? Like, what were the offers like? Because I know, I read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, so... So basically, that's kind of a discussion that comes later in the game if you say yes. But yeah, you are like worth a certain amount of cows and things like your education level, your beauty, mm. your height. Goes into like, factor. Your family standing. Yeah, that's all what factors into how so, many cows you'll be worth. But though we're kind of okay, getting so a bit more like, modern. Not everybody has cows. So sometimes they play the equivalent okay. in money or houses oh. or land. I yeah. like that. Pass, pass the cows, pass the houses, you know, land. Send it all. <laughs> yeah, all that. You just kind of like the male's family will gift that to the bride's family because um, as like a thank you because you raised like a, an amazing okay. daughter. And then we have like several parties and several different types of okay. wedding events. It gets it's a very, South, it's a very South much Sudan a Sudan party is a, a lit party. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. It's very it's really fun. Like loads and loads of food. That's my people dance all night. We go in. Um, what yeah. would you say is the um is your favorite thing um thing or things about your culture? Um, for one, our like tenacity because we were in a war mm. for pretty much fifty years, and throughout all of that time, we were like under control by the British and then under control by the Arab North and throughout all of that time we maintained our culture we Mm. maintained a love for ourselves like and we like got to the point where finally we became our own country and that's pretty impressive I feel like a lot of people would have given up before then I've all lost or diluted their cultures in some way shape or form we didn't I love that 
30, about 36% of my country still worships their okay. Persian gods. So I'm like, before Christianity, before Islam, before mm-hmm. anybody invaded our spaces, That's we a large had our percentage. own religions with our own myths and legends. Uh, yeah, it's a massive percentage. Um, mm-hmm. I hope we never lose that entirely. I, I, even if people stop believing in it per se, I hope we still right. like have some. Still are educated in it, right? Like right, of right, those practices. Right. Yeah, um, I love how beautiful my country is as well. Like, we have the Nile running through it. We've got yes. like, mountain parts. We've got tropical climate, so we got mango trees that just grow wild. Nobody needs to plant them or anything like that. It's like a truly stunning space to be in. We go sugarcane mm-hmm. and hibiscus flowers all over the place. Like what would you say are some um, misconceptions or stereotypes um, about your culture or country? Um, I think people expect us to be way mm-hmm. more primitive than we are. I don't even really like the word primitive when it comes to other cultures because at some point in time, mm, everybody yeah. was backwards in a way. The difference is, I think for like people of color, other cultures will look at us and say, yeah, we're primitive, but we had our development halted mm. by invaders right, right. for centuries. That's not on us. Beyond that, we come, like being Sudanese means the pseudo-Egyptian empire, the great ancient Egyptians everyone talks mm. about, that was my people. Which means when people call us primitive, you're calling the people who gave you astrology, maths, the written word, sculpture, the pyramids, all that, you're calling us primitive because we still herd cattle. And because we haven't like subscribed to the Western ideas of the right, where right. clothes all the time and stuff like that in our village. Because our villages are still yeah. very much like we live in huts, which I don't yes, understand I mean, people judge huts. That's, I don't, yeah, they that's are not, right. perfectly sensible right. for the climate that they exist in. Um, and we have certain animals that we consider sacred. Sorry, we didn't come into a jungle and decide <laughs> to start murdering everybody like a European. Like, I don't understand the things yeah. that people get hiccups on, like the things that they get caught up on, always just seems so stupid to me. Because why Honestly, is the alternative it truly better? Is ignorance, like it's just a lack of knowledge. It's like you don't know any better, and that's easy. It's like a excuse kind of, but it's like in a way true like you'll ask these people like what do you actually know and they just know what they're being told like they never you know they never do research because like that's true no exactly like knowing i don't know many i don't know i don't think i think you might be the first person (laughs) from south Sudan that i've ever spoken to right (laughs) so i had to you know google like you know a few things and i'm like wow like this is like i never i don't know much about the country and this is all beautiful things that i'm seeing so um and i'm of haitian descent so it's like everything you were saying of how you know they fought and everything it's like i i know that firsthand like you know what i mean like being from haiti that's what we go hardest like yeah you meet somebody like i'm haitian yeah first for first free country like you know we're gonna tell you that off rip so like i i feel that like and i i could (laughs) sense your pride in um being from south sudan so that's like really dope yeah definitely Obviously, South Sudanese people are nilotic, and mm-hmm. we take a lot of pride in that for ourselves. We haven't let Western beauty ideals infect us. Because I know in other African countries, mm-hmm. like Congo or Nigeria, yes, they have like yes. massive bleaching problems. Do you know the way you would get cussed out if you revealed to That South is Sudanese amazing to know. <laughs> like, that's a really amazing mind. to hear. 
being living in Europe, mm-hmm. a lot of Sassanese girls who lived in Europe went back to South Sudan and they sh- turned up lighter skinned. And um, when I went back, all my uncles and aunties, mm-hmm. everyone I met when I was out there, they were just like, live in London. <laughs> Thank God you didn't bleach. Well done. We're proud of you. Don't ever change that. Like that, yeah. That's amazing. Because mm-hmm. like growing up here, hating my skin, going back to South Sudan and realizing that all I, it's not that I'm ugly, right. it's that we're, right. Europeans right. aren't on it. They don't get it. And that mm-hmm. completely recontextualized so much for me. It's, it's just like yeah. wonderful to be of a culture that like prides themselves on themselves and isn't Absolutely. looking to anyone else. What do your parents to? think of um, your career choice, like modeling and everything? Okay, mm. so they were hesitant to start for sure. Because um, for one, my dad, he doesn't want this to be something okay. I do with longevity. Because he believes so much in my talents as That's an animator. Dope. He wants me to focus more on that. And he wants me to make that my career. He wants me to work on projects because I'm I've been mm-hmm. working on this project for a, a while now where I'm animating oh, mythological wow. cool. stories from my culture. Mm-hmm. Because like you see it with Western people all the time. They take so much pride right. in Norse gods right. and Greek gods mm-hmm. and Celtics and all that stuff. And like when it comes to art it's looked religions down on. from before. Right. Yep. It's a lot more mm-hmm. judgment. Yeah. It's harsher. And I think we have some pretty impressive stories that are truly like, that yeah. can be transitioned so, so beautifully into animation. So I decided to mm-hmm. delve into collecting those stories from the people in my community and start animating them. He wants me to focus on that. My mom, she was more terrified that modeling Drugs. would take yeah. me down a road of like bad behavior. Yeah, like mm-hmm. drugs, um, drinking too much, partying too much. She was also worried I'd start shooting nude and stuff like that, which, I'm personally not opposed to anyone seeing right. Like, if that's what you want to do with your body, then you have every right. For me personally, my culture and the way that yeah, my parents so are, are about conservative, like, we're drawing a lot. To a degree, yeah. So, like, I my personal rule is if I can't wear it on a beach in front of ten year olds okay. and five year olds, I won't shoot. That's it. a safe rule, yeah. That's my personal rule. Like anything that I would confidently confidently wear on a beach or on a boat or like tanning in a park or something, right. then I'll shoot in that. That's perfectly fine. But if it's something that I feel like is more bedroom, a little bit more skimpy, then I won't do it. Yeah. Because it just doesn't really seem me. Even aside from my parents' beliefs, it's just not, uh, I don't need to right. do that to feel confident and sexy. It's just, it, it, that would be extra for me. Um. So yeah, I have those personal rules and my mom kind of influenced those decisions and it took her a little while to, make to have those enough decisions. confidence in right. my ability mm-hmm. to like pick what's best for myself. But Aww. now, like she's so proud. Every Just, time I bring her right. magazine. That's how it in, usually turns out so though. They're like kind of hesitant and then they, they see you're okay and know like, okay, she's making good decisions. All right, boom. Yeah, then I started <laughs> like helps. the money started rolling in from the jobs I was doing. My mom went to Westfield. She saw me on an ad in there somewhere. And Westfield is a mall here, by the way. She went to Westfield and she saw me on an ad somewhere in there. And she got so excited, all of that. <laughs> and like now she's gun ho with it. She gets, she's like so invested in what I'm doing. She's like, what are you shooting? What are you doing now? Shout, blah, out, blah. To, like, uh, oh, shout mom, out to your parents so for sweet. supporting so your, um, 
your animation uh, career because, like, well, every foreigner I know, their parents are like doctor, lawyer, engineer, you know, the typical. My parents did do that. Okay, okay. But <laughs> around the time when I was starting to decide what to mm-hmm. study in uni and at, at higher levels of education, I told them I wanted to do art. And then my dad said, let me see some of your art. Okay. I All showed right, him and then he dope. said, I should do right. it completely. Because sometimes. So they got like, over it quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're because doing the creative thing, it's up. like, good luck. Because <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, I don't know about that. And then they kind of see, and it's like, okay, I'll support it. Yeah. You're actually good at what you're doing. Um, favorite UK foods? Do you know what, though? I, I love a pie. Like we have mm. like meat pies here or pasties and stuff like that. I love a pasty. Underrated, in my opinion. <laughs> People be like, British food is disgusting. And most of it is. Most of it is pretty flavorous, but I'm, a British person I'm will fuck up a pie. Favorite South Sudan food? You gotta Malakia, tell me what that is. Combo or Zigni? That's way too many. Okay, so um, combo mm, is like okay. a stew made from okra and dry fish that you eat with a flat. Okay, first of all, all of our dishes I eat with a flatbread that we call kisra. Right. But if you've ever okay. been to an Ethiopian restaurant, they call it injera, and it's pretty much the same thing. It's a flatbread with like holes mm-hmm. in it. So when you put the sauces on it, the curry type sauces, it gets soaked into the flatbread and then you tear it apart. And you and mm-hmm. at the end of it, you get this like so- sauce soaked bread right that you can still munch on towards the end. It's delicious. And molokia is a type of leaf that when you, you chop it up really finely and then you cook it with like a uh, lamb or something and you make a stew from that. And then the last one, Zigni, is probably my favorite. It's a little bit of an Ethiopian dish, but it's effectively mm. a spicy okay. chicken with cinnamon in it. So it has a sweetness to it. And it's so good. Favorite childhood game? Um, Street Fighter or... Uh, I used to have a Game Boy and I used to play uh, Kim Possible and... What's it called? had to have played pokemon oh pokemon yeah i used to play pokemon all the time favorite childhood snack um probably kinder bueno what's that it's a it's a chocolate bar i think it's from spain or something but basically it's Mm -hmm. a chocolate bar with like a a cream inside of it like a a hazelnut cream in the middle good Mm -hmm. i know that they don't have them in the states no yeah they don't Do you guys get like the common American candy bars? Do you have Snickers? Yes. Okay. Twix? Yes. Okay. Skittles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Starburst? Yes. Um, yeah. Paydays? Yes. Um, favorite artist? Um, like musically or? music? Musically, yes. Oh, that's tough. Um, I, I think my favorite like rapper of all time mm. is Nicki Minaj tied with Queen Latifah I feel like if you say Nicki Minaj <laughs> and Queen Latifah you should probably meet in the middle and like pick Lil' Kim or like right, right. come to terms with the fact that you probably mean Lauren Hill or some shit but no it's those two specifically so because you, like you grew up on Nicki Minaj she started mm-hmm. dropping music when I was about 10 right? and yeah that's my female rapper in my childhood people always get judgy when you say Nicki Minaj and I'm like I get it I just get cause, just that cause she's, she's not like that's, that's all. one of the go-tos for goat yeah. tradition that being said 
at all. I do think that's a big part of it because if any man had her track record, nobody would exactly. Have it to say. So yeah, she's done tracks where she's out rapped Kanye it's... and Jay Z. And Queen Latifah, I just love everything she does. I'm obsessed with the woman. Favorite TV show or cartoon? Um, I grew up in anime a lot. Um, obviously, I'm an animator as well. So like. Avatar, Last Airbender, plus Legend of Korra. I grew up on Sailor Moon. That's probably like a magical girl anime. Yeah, I love like a magical girl anime. I love, I love the transformation scenes. I love just pretty and pink and sparkly and feminine. Um, I love Shaman King, Naruto. Uh, Proud Family was a big one. Fave clothing designer or brand? Have you heard of yes, Daily Paper? It's a street, okay. yeah. So it's a streetwear band from Amsterdam. Uh, they're sick. Everything they make is so flattering to. Everybody. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, it's really cute. Designers are of African heritage as well. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really dope. Favorite sneaker? Um, Air Forces. Okay. Classic. Yeah. Uh, high tops, low tops. I'll take a high top. I'll take a low top. I don't really mind. Favorite countries you've traveled to? Uh. Amsterdam. Um, mm, okay. Definitely Kenya. Okay. Nice. Kenya's on my list too. Um, favorite modeling gig that you've had so far? I did a Christmas campaign for Mac Cosmetics, and that's like major. That's like the ultimate achievement, I think, because I love makeup. Right. Uh, it's like such a big part of how I found myself and found my sense of style and confidence and all Everything that. Everything came full and circle. And the first foundation I ever owned was for mac and it wasn't a perfect perfect right, match right but it wasn't like because you know there was a point where my shade just didn't exist in foundations mac was the first one to give me anything <laughs> even close and it, i felt so cute when i would wear it that mm. when i was on there getting my makeup done by one of mac's top makeup artists and stuff i was like <laughs> oh i made it no i made yes. it this is it that's this is dope. what success really feels dope. like so what's next for JJ? Any projects, any shoots coming up? Like magazines dropping soon. I'm always shooting, nice. I'm always working. I'm putting out some okay. animation work. So this one isn't so much about money, but it's more about chasing my absolute, my absolute dream. I'm dropping a music video for a couple, music videos for a couple of friends. That's and dope. my little project of African myths and legends in animated form. My first season nice. will drop probably by the end of the year where can people find all, this? all based in south sudan and then my next season i'm gonna do a different african country so mm -hmm. follow me on instagram at jj Bull, which is where i post the most it's when the most active j-a-y-j-a-y-b-o-l okay. thank you so much for joining culture exchange this conversation has been amazing and you know we learned so much about south sudan and the uk thank you so much for having me and well done for doing a podcast like yes i was like you know what we need this thank you mm. don't understand. I turn down a lot of podcasts that want me to come on and talk about my culture, right. talk about being black right. as a model and stuff like that. This so, has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.